Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. Turn to Luke chapter 1. Let's verse, verse 16. Many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So there you see the sign. This is a sign that the leadership in Israel should have recognized. I mean, you got the miracle. Zacharias and Elizabeth, old in age, unable to have children. He has a vision in the temple. Elizabeth conceives in her old age bears a son, names him John, because that's what the angel said, despite what all the relatives had to input, and then he's prophesying over John that scripture that should have been flags being raised in the ears of the Jewish leadership. But it's not. Now they take John away to keep him safe. And we know that Mary is pregnant with Jesus at this time. Six months, Elizabeth was pregnant before Mary conceived. Mary goes to live with Elizabeth until the time of the birth of John the Baptist. Then she returns home and and all the other things take place. But six months later, John the Baptist is now six months old when Jesus is born. And we've seen, we're not going to go into all the the studies about the birth of Jesus on this part. It's not my point. We know Jesus was approximately 30 years old when he began his ministry. So that means a period of 30 years elapsed between John the Baptist's birth and when John the Baptist began his ministry. Does that 30-year period sound familiar? It's the same thing as it was with Moses. Amen? The Jewish leadership could have known that the Messiah was here. He's coming. Praise God. John the Baptist is here in the power of Elijah. We know that it is time for the Messiah to make his appearance. If they would have been studying the scriptures. But they missed it for 30 years. Just like the Hebrew children missed crying out to God. They seen Moses. They knew who Moses was. 
They could have supported Moses. Instead, they were turning again. They didn't want to have anything he had to do. They wanted to listen to him. So he was trying to show them that he was their guy. And they rejected him and endured 30 more years of bondage. The Israelis, when John the Baptist, his, I mean, the miracle should have, I mean, the. Okay. The Pharisees and Sadducees should have been extremely involved in the birth of John the Baptist to verify this miracle that had occurred. Instead, they were being persecuted to the point that John the Baptist's family had to take him out into where? The desert to protect him and raise him. Glory to God. There's another exact similitude with Moses again. Amen. When John the Baptist returned in the power of the Lord and began his ministry, who was he preaching to? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. What did John the Baptist say? Let me go over here. Oh, hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 3, here comes John the Baptist. 30 years have elapsed now. No word from God to the Israeli people for 400 years. We've seen that in Malachi, correct? 400 years elapsed between the last word in Malachi to now. The birth of John the Baptist. And then, I mean, because didn't God's word come to him in the temple? That's what made it a miracle. An angel of God brought the word of God to a priest and said, this is what's going to happen. They had not heard from God in 400 years. That's why Zacharias was like, uh, how do I know this is true? We haven't heard from God in centuries. How do I know what you're saying is true? And the angel said, you're going to be dumb. You're not going to be able to speak until this comes to pass. And as soon as it came to pass, praise God, everything else took That's why it's amazing that the, the Jewish leadership failed to recognize that miracle. But now, to save his life, his parents take him out into the desert, just like Moses fleed to the desert for 30 years. Now here in chapter 3, here comes John the Baptist. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Glory to God. That's the thing, same thing Jesus told us to preach. We'll get there. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his path straight. Amen. And people started listening to him. Amen. Just like Moses. 
when he returned, people started listening to him. Moses walked into Pharaoh and said, Let my people go, saith the Lord. And naturally, that didn't happen. God told them it wasn't going to happen. That they were going to reject everything, that Pharaoh was going to reject everything Moses had to say, but God was going to show himself strong in Moses' behalf and on behalf of his people. And ten plagues struck Egypt. Devastating. Now think about this. The plagues of Egypt devastated the Egyptian economy. Everything they believed was turned upside down. Lawlessness was running rampant. The people were turning against the king. Think about that. Their entire society was being turned upside down. All of their agriculture was destroyed. Their rivers were polluted. Famine was rampant. Natural disasters were taking place. Plagues were infesting the people. Does that sound familiar to you about today's day and time in America? In some areas of the United States right now, floods, rampant flooding is washing houses away, sinkholes opening up, swallowing up whole houses. And another part of America... Drought has been going on for several years. Wildfires burning everything in sight. Earthquakes are happening in diverse places. Political troubles loom left and right. Brother against brother. Husband versus wife, wife versus daughter, daughter against her mother-in-law, son against his father. Entire household split politically down the middle. Everything just like Jesus said in Matthew 24 is happening right now in the United States of America. But not on the levels that equate to the great and terrible day of the Lord. This is just the warning shot. John the Baptist's birth was the one that preceded Jesus' arrival. Amen. We are at the point now that exactly what Jesus said would come before his second coming to take his people out of here. That's happening right now. Now you got some people that say, this is the great tribulation. We're on the verge of the great tribulation. Well, yes, we are on the verge of the great tribulation, but this is not the great tribulation. We are in the tribulation. Matter of fact, turn over there. Matthew 24. Glory to God. Matthew 24. Glory, hallelujah. Verse 4. Jesus answering their questions. When are you coming back? Is it verse 4? Take heed that no man will deceive you. That's item number one. Deception is going to be the first thing Satan does to bring confusion. And he's going to try and equate salvation in Jesus with other religions. You see that with the Muslims and the religion of Islam right now. Oh, we have a Jesus in our religion. 
We worship the same Jesus. Verse 4 in Matthew 24, Take heed that no man deceives you. Many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Messiah, and they will deceive many. You reject that, though, is what Jesus is saying, and what's going to happen? Well, then you're going to hear about wars and rumors of wars. That's what we hear right now. We hear all about these conflicts. There are more conflicts going on in the earth right now, more wars than at any other time in human history. All across the planet, you shall hear about wars and rumors of wars. But don't be troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end hasn't arrived yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. But all these are just the beginning of sorrows. Then, now, we, we already established that what I just read is already happening, correct? It's already happening. Verse 9, then they'll deliver you up to be afflicted. They'll kill you. You'll be hated of all nations. That word nations is ethnic groups. Ethnos means different groups of people. You'll be hated by all these different groups of people for my name's sake. That's happening today. Amen. Islamic religions are being protected. Homosexual lifestyles are being protected. Transvestite lifestyles are being protected. Anti-God lifestyles, anti-God groups are being protected. But a Christian speaks out and they're shut down or put in jail. As we just spoke, or as we're recording this, that issue with uh, homosexual marriage licenses and a Christian court clerk in Kentucky, Kim Davis, refused to issue them, and she was put into jail, held without bail. Folks, some murderers are allowed to have bail, and we know what law they violated. But here's a question for you. What law did Kim Davis violate? Well, the Supreme Court said that they were to issue these licenses. That's their right to marry. So that's the law she violated. No. If you read Article 1, the very first words in Article 1, which is right after the preamble of the Constitution, says, all law. Now, what does all mean? It means all. All laws shall be established by Congress. Not the Supreme Court. That's if if you look at uh, bills and and you know laws that are voted on by Congress and passed on to the executive branch for signature, it has a law. It is a law. This is establishing law. You can go to the U.S. Code of Justice and look up all these different codes, and it will give the specific law article that this new law is going to change. And then it says all laws are passed by Congress. So if all laws are passed by Congress, how much of that is left over for the Supreme Court to pass its laws? Zero. And if you look at every opinion from the Supreme Court, it says that at the top. 
opinion of the Supreme Court. If the Supreme Court issues an opinion that is overriding a law, it's supposed to go back to Congress to amend the law or abolish it. The Supreme Court can abolish a law. They cannot implement a law. The executive branch has zero lawmaking ability. But here we see this king, Obama, through executive fiat, establishing law. He has zero lawmaking ability given to him through the Constitution. The only people that can establish laws are the members of Congress. So you have the Supreme Court violating the Constitution. You have the executive branch violating the Constitution. And you got the congressional branch not taking the law into their own hands. They've abdicated their ability or willingness to do so. So the question is, this judge that ordered Kim Davis to be arrested... What law did she violate? She's upholding the laws of Kentucky where the voters approved a referendum measure to define marriage as between one man and one woman. She's upholding the law. There is a codified law in effect that she is upholding. This judge threw her in jail against his order of telling her to do the issuance of the gay marriage license. Show the codified law that she violated. Show the bill that was passed that codified the law. Show whose executive signature was on the codified bill that established the law. There is none. So if there is no signature, there is no codified law, there is no past law, that is listed in the codes of law, what law did she break? She didn't. There is no law. But yet, out in San Francisco a couple years ago, when the member, uh, the people of California passed a measure defining marriages between one man and one woman, there was a clerk of court out there that issued the gay marriage licenses in violation of the codified law that was signed into law. But yet, that person was not arrested. Why? Because Kim Davis was a Christian. And right now, in the United States of America, persecution has arrived. It is now illegal for, and coming to be illegal, in some places already illegal, for Christians to speak out against homosexuality, to speak out against sin, to speak out against their elected officials. And they're being persecuted for it, put in jail for it. The mayor down in Houston last year subpoenaed sermons and emails from pastors wanting to see if they were speaking anti-homosexual topics in their sermons or private conversations via email. That didn't work out too well for her, but the attempt was there. 
And believe me, they're just refining how they do things right now before they come back at it again. Persecution has now come to America. It is getting more difficult to be a Christian. It used to be if you were a Christian in the United States, doors were open for you. Now, doors slam in your face if you're a Christian. People are being fired from their jobs for having a Bible on their desk, open reading it during their breaks or during their lunchtime, having Christian mementos on their desk. You've got to remove that. It might offend somebody. Folks, the time has come to let them be offended. John the Baptist called them snakes, vipers, children of hell. Jesus called them snakes and hypocrites. But we get pastors today that, well, we don't want to offend anyone. We want to love all people. Yes, you're supposed to love all people. But that does not mean you partake of their sins also. Yes, we are to take a stand for Jesus. Yes, we are to stand in the face of our elected officials and point our fingers in their nose and call them hypocrites, call them evil, call them children of the devil. Unless they repent of their ways and change their ways and receive Jesus as their Savior and do what they are called to do, which is to, number one, lift up the word of the Most High God and serve Him. Number two, there's only two roles for government. That's it. Just two. Government, federal government has just two roles. One, to protect the borders. And two, to protect the word of God and do what God says. This government's failed both tasks. This government does not enforce border protection. This government does not protect the word of God. This government is a failure. This government deserves to be overturned. In Ecclesiastes, it says there's a season and a time for all things. A time for rain, time for harvest, you know, and all that. And a time for peace and a time for war. It's time for war. It's time to overturn the government of the United States of America. And I'm not calling for armed rebellion. So before you send a copy of this to the FBI or whatever, let me say what I absolutely mean. You see right now a turning in this nation where we, you know, the, the adage, throw the bums out or vote the bums out. Right now, there is an anti-establishment movement going on in this nation that is bringing Christians to power. We need to support those Christians who are called to run for political office. We need to support them in overturning every law that tries to overturn Christianity. We need to bring God back to America again. This nation right now is on the cusp of being shut off from hearing the word of God. I mean, we are right there at the door. 
And if that door slams shut, just like the parable with the ten virgins, some had oil in their laps, some didn't. The call out came that it's time. Those that were prepared went in and the door was shut. Those that didn't tried to come in later. And they found the door was shut. They had no oil in their lamps. That oil represents the light of God through the Holy Spirit. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to have the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. So that when the call is made, you get to go in. Because inside that room, when that door is shut, if you're inside that room, may I say, all your needs are met according to the Father's riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Even if you're still here on this earth during the days of tribulation, and those I didn't say great tribulation, so during the days of tribulation, you're protected. But if you're not, you're on the outside weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth because you're going through the tribulation. We're not promised to escape the tribulation. We are promised to escape the great tribulation, that seven-year period of time. Count yourself worthy to escape. As we said, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the only way you can do that is if you have Jesus as your Savior. Not just Savior, but your Lord and Savior. And if that's you, I want to pray with you right now. Just pray this prayer out loud. Lord Jesus, I ask for the forgiveness of my sins that you purchased already for me at, at Calvary. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your cleansing power. Wash me absolutely clean, spotless as white as snow. Come into my heart, create in me a new man, a new creation, one that's righteous in the eyes of the Father with your righteousness. And be the Lord of my life. Help me to take a stand for your word. Help me take a stand for you. May I never shy away in the faith, in the face of oppression or danger. May I never refuse to acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I don't care what happens to me. May that day never come. May I always be found faithful. Where I miss it, Lord, forgive me. Because my heart is now yours. Thank you, Father, for doing this for me in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Folks, I cannot emphasize enough how important it is for you to take an unretreatable stance for Jesus right now. Despite whatever the world may do to you, you need to stand for him. Even if it costs you everything, I don't care if I lose my papers for the ministry with the IRS, I'm taking a stand for Jesus and I will never back down. 
Christians all over the world are dying for taking the same stand. Now, oppression and persecution has come to the United States where Christians are going to be jailed for no other reason than being a Christian, for they've broken no other law. We've just seen it. Email me at brotherbob at ftfm.org and let me know you prayed that prayer of salvation. Amen. I want to thank you for joining us today. Share this message with others. Amen. Remember, we pray for you every day. And in Jesus' name, be blessed in all that you do. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.